We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC. Choose UPMC for your family's health care needs close to home. Visit UPMC.com slash Central PA for a complete list of services and locations. If you go to Government Reform Group Fair District PA's website, there's a photograph of the Pennsylvania State Capitol with a drawing of a crock down the middle. It represents a state government that the group calls broken. A legislature or law or lawmakers that make few laws is what Fair Districts blames for what they call Harrisburg's dysfunction. As example, Fair District says that during this legislative session, more than half the bills that passed one chamber unanimously weren't addressed in the other. They say only about 7% of bills introduced ever make it to the governor's desk. Carol Cunahome is the chair of Fair Districts PA. She joins us on The Spark today. Carol Cunahome, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Earlier this month, I was talking with uh, pollster Burwood Yost about the latest Franklin and Marshall College poll, and I asked him about issues in the poll that had consistent, overwhelming support that the legislature doesn't address or they haven't passed. You reached out to me saying there are a lot of examples. First of all, why did you feel compelled to reach out, and what are some of those issues? Well, we have a team of volunteers. Fair Districts PA is a grassroots organization. We're nonpartisan. Um, We're all volunteers, and we have folks who are busily studying our state legislature and listening to podcasts like yours. Um, We started to look at redistricting reform back in 2016, and um, what we discovered was that reasonable reforms that had broad public support really go nowhere. We had a bill in 2018 that had 110 co-sponsors. That's a very healthy majority in the House. And we saw that bill get blocked by a committee chair who who broke the legislative rules to have a meeting to amend the bill without even giving his colleagues time to read his amendment. And, and we began to talk with legislators and former legislators who said the system is really broken and that there are many important reforms that are not able to pass simply because of the legislative rules. So you mentioned that um, photo with the cracked capital. We actually started something called the Fix Harrisburg Campaign, and we have a website specifically about legislative rules. If you look for fixharrisburg.com, then you'll see that photo. The fairdistrictspa.com website is about redistricting. The fixharrisburg.com website is very much about a broken legislative process. What bill is it that you were talking about that had 110 sponsors? We had a bill, House Bill 722. It was introduced by Representative Eric Rowe, a Republican from Chester County, and Democrat Steve Samuelson, a Democrat from Bethlehem, PA. And it had 110 co-sponsors from both parties. Um, We thought, we're golden. We're in great shape. Um, And it just got mashed. And then we had a bill in the Senate, again, that had quite a lot of support from both parties. And it actually moved out of committee with some pretty substantial amendments and then got saddled with another constitutional amendment on the Senate floor at the last minute. And when it went to the House, it got buried under over 600 
amendments and never got a got a got consideration. So we've seen lots of different ways to kill a bill. We haven't seen many ways to move a bill, but we've seen that there are many, many, many ways to kill a bill. What did those two, two pieces of legislation, those two bills, deal with? What were they trying to do? Those bills were trying to amend the Pennsylvania state constitution to create an independent citizens redistricting commission. I have to say, I am not, I have never been a person deeply involved in politics. I was a youth pastor. And as a youth pastor, I was perplexed at the disparities in school funding between communities that I worked with that were very poor and didn't have school libraries, didn't have school counselors, didn't have school auditoriums, all the things that you would think a poor community desperately needs. They didn't have them. While I had also worked with kids in very affluent school districts who had everything, counselors following them around, asking them, where are you applying to college? And I just, I thought, just on a purely economic level, this makes no sense. And so I began trying to understand that. And the more I looked into that, the more I discovered gerrymandering, Pennsylvania redistricting, contributes to an unaccountable state legislature. Um, So got involved in starting Fair Districts PA and from there have gotten involved in looking at our state legislative process. Now, you use words like dysfunction, unproductive, needs fixing to describe this legislature. Those are pretty damning descriptions. Yes, and and the thing is it doesn't need to be that way. When we start comparing, and I think many of our legislators do not compare their their chamber with chambers in other states. Pennsylvania is among the the few full-time legislatures among the most costly, probably the most costly legislature because they have the third highest uh, salary, base salary for legislators, but also one of the largest legislatures in the country. Um, One of our volunteers is quite sure that it costs a million dollars a day to run our state legislature, given what she can discover. And we are in the very, very bottom in terms of states, in terms of bills passed per session, or in terms of percent of bills that are introduced that are enacted. So bottom, you know, down in the bottom five, normally, we are, we are there. And there are states that have um, very short, very short sessions. We're, we're looking at Virginia as one. Virginia's session is about 30 days. They gavel in in January. They're done by mid-March. They passed 800-something bills last year while Pennsylvania passed 77. And people were talking about Pennsylvania's got a divided legislature. Virginia also had a divided legislature. The Senate was controlled by one party. The House was controlled by another. They have legislative rules that allow bills to get very fast attention, move quickly. It's not a partisan game. It's just, it does the bill have merit? If it does, it gets a vote in committee. If it comes out of committee, automatically scheduled for a vote on the chamber floor. And then today, actually today's an interesting day. It's crossover day in several state legislatures. Crossover day is the day when legislatures, there are 13 that do this, you have to finish in the first chamber by crossover day. And those bills go to the other chamber and they have to be considered in the other chamber. That guarantees that action takes place on bills that have come out of committee, and it means they are far, far more productive than our state legislature. That's one of your biggest criticisms, that in Pennsylvania, leadership, the the chairs of committees and uh, the leaders in the different chambers, Senate and the House, have too much power in deciding what actually gets a vote on the floor, and that goes back to rules. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the rules, basically, there are there are best practice rules. And we did a, a pretty deep dive into a, a report done by Fair Vote and the Bipartisan Policy Center back in 2016. They looked at states and said, what are the best practices to make sure that these 
these chambers function collaboratively. If you think of it as a democracy, every legislator should have some say in what moves through the legislature, and there are rules to make that happen. Pennsylvania has none of those rules. So Pennsylvania is at zero, has a zero rating in terms of collaborative policy. And there's nothing that guarantees that the people that we elect have any say at all in, in moving a bill. Conversely, though, there are legislators elected by less than 0.5% of the population. There's 203 House districts. So if you have a committee chair, they're elected by less than 0.5% of the population. One committee chair can say, we're not going to look at any bills on this topic. And there are there are chairs that have done that. We're not going to look at any gun safety bills. We're not going to there were there were quite a few chairs in the last session who said we're not going to look at any bills introduced by Democrats. That was uh, former Representative Daryl Metcalf. He was one, but there were others. Yeah. And so last last session there was exactly one House bill that passed and made it to the governor's desk. One. One House bill introduced by a Democrat and two Senate bills introduced by Democrats made it to the governor's desk. This is an estate that is basically purple. We're half and half. You would think that those people who are elected to represent us would have more than one House bill make it to the governor's desk. But that's all to do with the rules and the way that one committee chair can have that kind of total control. Is this a Republican-Democrat thing? I mean, uh, Democrats now have a majority, although it's slight, in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives... But still, it doesn't appear that uh, there's a whole lot going on or happening. Well, people are saying it's 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 pretty locked down right now because there are one party in charge of the House, one party in charge of the Senate, and the House majority is very slight. But when you look at recent years, half the bills that were passed unanimously out of the House last session did not get consideration in the Senate. That's when the same party controlled both chambers. So half the bills that were passed unanimously in the House got no consideration in the Senate. Half that were passed unanimously in the Senate got no consideration in the House. So it's a very broken system. It has much more to do with who gets credit, has much more to do with who the major donors are for the particular leaders, sad to say, um, has much more to do with personalities. I've met with I've met with legislators who say, oh, there's nothing wrong with the rules. It's all fine. And I say, but you had some really important bills on this topic that would benefit all of Pennsylvania. And they didn't go anywhere. What happened? He goes, oh, well, that committee chair doesn't like me. How is that? How is that okay? What is this elementary school? It is elementary. I've heard. Well, that person was dating. You know. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? The stories that you hear are phenomenal, and I've had conversations with people who, who tell me it's all fine. It works the way it should, and then you bring up their particular bill, and the stories they'll tell you. uh, uh, One that really caught my attention. uh, I don't know if it was last. I think it was two sessions. It might have been last session. There was a there was a bill that had the it was like the prime legislative priority of the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. It was a Clean Streams Act that would funnel funnel funding to help um, farmers with their riparian buffers, their buffers to keep you know pollution from going into the streams because the Chesapeake Bay, Pennsylvania is a big problem right. for the Pennsylvania for the Chesapeake Bay. So this was a top legislative priority for the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau, the Pennsylvania Grange, and the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. This was a bipartisan bill that had strong support. Uh, speaker, then Speaker Brian Cutler, wrote a letter to the editor asking his colleagues to support the bill because. The chair of the committee that had that bill, which was Representative Daryl Metcalf, called it Welfare for Farmers and said, we're not going to give that bill a vote. And so you look and you say, wait, the Speaker of the House. Same party. The same party. The same party whose whose district is all farmers. 
um, has a bill that has the strong support from the Farm Bureau, Chesapeake Bay Foundation, environmentalists across the board, huge bipartisan solution. One committee chair who does not have many farmers in his district says, I'm not interested, and the bill goes nowhere. It's, it's unacceptable. All right, so let's talk about solutions. You talked about rules. You talked about leadership having so much power. What are the solutions? Well, interesting. I, I mentioned that we're looking at Virginia. Virginia was uh, had democratic control of both chambers throughout most of the last century. And then in the late 1990s, suddenly the began to change. And by the end of the 1990s, they found themselves with exactly the same I mean, divided between House and Senate were like 20-20 senators, 50-50 in the House, and nothing was getting done. So they sat down and they said, we need to, we need to rethink our rules. So I mentioned this crossover day. They, they, the way it works in the Virginia legislature, it's a very short legislative session. Uh, they get paid $20,000 per session. Um, and it's it's basically a 30, between 30 and 40 days, depending on the year. Uh, but they, they have a deadline for when they have to introduce bills. They have a limit on how many bills they can introduce. And then the bills have to be, each each committee has to get their bills done and get them out to the House. And those have to be passed. If they come, if they come out of a committee, they have to get a vote. They're automatically scheduled for a vote on the floor. So there's no games. There's no favoritism. It's just if the committee says this bill has merit, it goes to the House floor, it gets a vote. If the Senate committee says this bill has merit, it comes out of the committee, goes to the Senate floor. And then there's a crossover day. So any bill that the House wants attention to, they've got to have it out by that day. They can't do any more House bills after that day. Those bills go to the Senate, the Senate bills go to the House, and then they have to be considered. So they just come, they work them through committee as soon as they come out of committee. If the committee says yes, it gets a vote on the Senate or House floor. It moves very quickly. They passed over 800 bills last session. So there's there's some obvious simple solutions. Just take take that ability for the committee chair to control everything and say, let the committee have some say in what gets a vote. If it comes out, take the ability of the leader to say what gets a vote on the floor and just move them forward. Um, so simple changes of rules. Will they ever do that? Who knows? That's the question. All right. You were using the word simple, and yeah. I kept myself from shaking yes. my head because what you're talking about would take legislators to do themselves. Yes, First of all, it surprises me that another legislature did that in Virginia, but why would Pennsylvania's legislature do that? So the only way, you know, when we started Fair Districts PA, I had people tell me, you're wasting your time. There will never be reform of any kind in Pennsylvania. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, never is a big word. Um, And they said, well, leaders will never give up power. We don't have citizen initiative. There were, I think, 23 states that do. Pennsylvania is not one. So we can't just introduce a bill ourselves. We have to go through the legislature. So they'll never give up power. We don't have citizen initiative. And people will never pay attention. And that third one, I thought, you know what? I was a youth pastor. I could get middle school boys to pay attention to talking about the Trinity or, you know, all kinds of strange things. I thought, I, I, let's let's give this a try. Let's see if the people of Pennsylvania will pay attention, because that's the only way that we'll get change, is getting enough people. And we've had over 1,000 informational meetings attended by over 40,000 people. We've had 110,000 people sign a petition for redistricting reform. We're working hard to help people understand, but there will not be change in Pennsylvania unless enough citizens pay enough attention and tell their legislators, we want this fixed. We're tired of it. And understand, your legislators promise all sorts of things. They don't accomplish it because we have a broken legislative process. All right. 
let me bring up an observation. Since 2016, Donald Trump has dominated the news, especially in election years, 2016, 2020, and now 2024. There's been some other national issues that are at the top of the headlines every day. Inflation, wars in the Middle East and Ukraine. Most voters seem to be focused on national issues and even view local issues through the lenses of national issues. There are some exceptions. State government got a lot of attention during the COVID-19 pandemic, but one gets the feeling that the state legislature is getting a pass because everything has become so nationalized. I think people don't realize how much the state legislature impacts them. Their kids' school funding, the potholes in their roads. We have some real crisis issues going on in Pennsylvania. For instance, 911, EMS. There have been bills to regionalize EMS every session for years. There have been reports kind of shouting, this is a problem, that have been given to our state legislature for decades now. And when people dial 911 and nobody answers, they're going to realize we've got to pay attention to our state legislature. Or, for instance, telemedicine, um, nurse practice, there are a number of recommendations to improve health access in rural parts of the state. None of those have gotten attention. None of those have gotten a vote. When people try, you know, somebody having a baby and realizes there's no there's no medical help, I, I'm, I'm two hours from the closest medical help, people will begin to realize state government impacts your life every single day in really, really important ways. And until we have a functional state legislature, we're going to be losing population. We're going to be having lives that are not as thriving as they should be. And we've got to pay attention to state government. So are you saying that it would take a crisis? I'm saying we're near crisis in a lot of areas right now. And people people who are aware of that, are we've, we've got new volunteers every week. Uh, come join us. Look at fairdistrictspa.com and find out more. Um, but we do need to pay attention to state government, and we're trying hard to help people do that. I was looking through your website, and you have a number of examples of really what most people would look, look at and say common sense legislation. I'm going to bring one up. A bill to require carbon monoxide detectors in daycare centers. Tell me about that bill. What happened to it? That bill goes nowhere. Um, it, we have bills that, that are introduced that make total sense, and they come out of committee, and they don't get a hearing on the floor, or they come out of one chamber, they don't get a hearing in the other chamber. That one, the, the other one that I pair with that is the, is the lead exposure for children. There have been studies on this, recommendations from the studies. The studies are authorized by the state legislature. Um, and, then, and then the bills introduced based on those recommendations go nowhere. But there was a bill to require testing of children before the age of two, it went all the way through. And then an appropriations committee in the House was changed to suggest rather than require by one 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 person the who didn't like was it. Encourage, wasn't it? Encourage. But encourage. Rather than require. Rather than require. <laughs> which which takes any any push. Um, it just it, and that's we see that. We see either bills are ignored to completely or one very partisan person We'll just decide we're going to change it a little bit to make it basically meaningless. And then the person who was trying trying so hard to get these done has to start over again. But it's, why? Why would someone be opposed to uh, children under the age of two being uh, tested for lead exposure or uh, a daycare center 
that didn't have or wasn't required to have a carbon monoxide uh, detector. This has to do with government overreach. There's a, a handful of people who think that asking anybody to do anything is government overreach. And yet, <laughs> and yet, when you look at some of the bills they support, are government overreach in other directions. And when you look at the cost, societal costs, cost to schools, cost to families of not doing that proactive work, it's hugely expensive. So there's there's little partisan reasons sometimes, and other reasons it has to do with who their major funders are. Um, sometimes it's hard to tell which. And as I said, sometimes it's just, I don't like the person who introduced this. Um, lots of sad stories, lots of wonderful legislators in both parties working very hard to get solutions passed, and the great disappointment and huge loss of time. I would say that, in my experience, that most people who run for the state legislature want to do good. Yes. What happens? And we only have about 45 seconds left. Many times they get there and they discover that the solutions that they want to see, um, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Some choose not to run again. Some just get cynical and just kind of slide along because that's the best they can do. And some keep fighting to get better rules in place. There's some wonderful people on both sides of the aisle trying hard to get this fixed, but they need the public to step up and demand better. So take a look at fixharrisburg.com. Take a look at fairdistrictspa.com. Volunteer. Join us. We have some petitions. Sign the petition. The more we can show the public support for change, the more likely it is we'll get real change. All right, real quick. Is the presidential election going to suck all the air out of people paying attention to Harrisburg? We we know that the presidential election is going to take a lot of attention. Our goal is to have a really good bill ready next session and then work hard for the next four years to get that done. Carol Kornholm is the chair of the Fair Districts PA. Thank you very much. Thank for being you with for us having today. me.